Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, February 21st. A new proposal to increase accountability with homelessness funding. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Today will be the start of one of the coldest, wettest, and windiest weeks of winter in the county so far. Temps are expected to be up to 25 degrees below average. And tomorrow is expected to be the coldest day with temps around 55. That's according to reporting by the San Diego Union-Tribune. We can expect some rain starting tonight and throughout the week. The National Weather Service also put out a high wind warning for the county's coastal areas. That goes into effect at 10 tonight until 8 p.m. tomorrow. Gusts are expected to reach 55 miles per hour. A hearing on gasoline price gouging is scheduled tomorrow in Sacramento, months after the governor called for oil companies to be penalized. Jamie Court is president of Consumer Watchdog. This hearing is about where we draw that line. How much money can they make off Californians? At one point, our gas prices were $2.60 more than U.S. gas prices, which is the most it's ever been. Court will testify at the first special session of the State Senate Energy, Utilities and Communications Committee on gas prices. KPBS reached out to the five major oil companies for comment and did not hear back. Great news for those under 18, the Sandag Youth Opportunity Pass program will continue at least until June 2024. The program offers free rides on buses, the trolley, coaster, and sprinter for those 18 and under. Sandag says they and their partner agencies are working towards making the program permanent and expanding it to people 24 years old and under. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula. Or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. The state has poured billions of dollars into reducing homelessness in recent years. But residents and state and local officials are frustrated over an apparent lack of progress. A new proposal in the state legislature aims to bridge disagreements between Governor Gavin Newsom and local government leaders on the issue. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. The bill comes after months of tension between Newsom and city and county leaders on homelessness. Its lead author, Democratic Assemblymember Luce Rivas, summed it up in a press conference announcing the measure. Funding alone will not solve homelessness. The lack of accountability and inconsistent funding has caused a public policy feedback loop. That feedback loop sounds like this. 
Newsom says the state's big spending on homelessness, including $2 billion over two years in direct grants to local governments, should warrant better results. Here he is talking about it last month. We're not just going to hand out another billion dollars of brand new discretionary money unless it aligns with our goals and we see real progress. Newsom temporarily held back a billion dollars in grants last fall because he was dissatisfied by local plans to reduce homelessness. Forgive me, but this is life and death. People are dying on the streets in the name of compassion and these stale arguments. I've been hearing in my entire life unprecedented support. I want to see unprecedented progress. He eventually released the funds, but says he's going to demand more accountability on homelessness spending. We welcome additional accountability. That's San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. He's also chair of a group of mayors representing California's 13 largest cities. Uh, but we also expect uh, partnership. Uh, and we need to have a state that is willing to make a long-term commitment to this problem. Gloria and other local leaders say they're grateful for the funding, but that it's hard to make long-term plans to reduce homelessness without an ongoing commitment from the state. As an example, he points to hotel rooms, which the city leases as an option for shelter. Well, I only have a year's long worth of funding, so you might imagine the price point that I get would be different if I could make a, not a one-year lease, but a three-year lease or a five-year lease. Gloria says another way the state can lead on homelessness is by taking on a greater role coordinating between cities, counties, and other groups. Assemblymember Rivas hopes her bill will address all these issues. First, it would require the state to lead on setting homelessness reduction goals. That's something local governments have been asking for. It would also tie the grant funding to how well cities and counties can meet those goals, something Newsom has been calling for. And it would provide ongoing funding, though Rivas and other lawmakers haven't requested a specific dollar amount and acknowledge the state is facing a budget deficit this year. This is the number one issue in the state of California for a lot of us. Um, and. It requires a, a large investment to solve it. A coalition of housing groups supporting the bill are asking for $3 billion annually. Graham Knauss is the CEO of the California State Association of Counties, which advocates for county governments at the state capitol. He says the legislation aligns with their goal of developing a homelessness plan that has clear responsibilities and accountability for all levels of government. But he thinks it could go further than Rivas's bill. Homelessness is the only major issue in California that does not have a system. When you look at child welfare, transportation, criminal justice, health care, education, it's clear who's supposed to do what and how it's funded, not with homelessness. Newsom's office declined to comment on the legislation, but says he's having conversations with lawmakers about housing accountability. The bill could be heard in legislative committees in the coming months. In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. The Friends of Friendship Park sent a President's Day message to President Biden, telling him he could be forever known as the president who finished Donald Trump's border wall or as the president who saved Friendship Park. Reporter Alexander Wynn has more on the group's rally yesterday. Through chants and songs, the Friends of Friendship Parks are sending a direct message to the Biden administration. Save Friendship Park. 
Last week, Customs and Border Protection started construction to replace the fence at Friendship Park. CBP says it will preserve the 18-foot fence around Friendship Park to preserve access to the park. But John Fennestill from Friends of Friendship Park says that's not entirely true. This is one of the great tragedies of these 30-foot walls as they eliminate views in and out of space. On the Mexican side, right now at Friendship Park, from a lookout, you can see all the way up the San Diego coast to downtown San Diego and Point Loma and on a clear day all the way up Southern California. CBP says the new fence is needed for border infrastructure. Bamba! Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. President Biden's visit to Ukraine yesterday brought hope to some Ukrainians here in San Diego. Reporter Kitty Alvarado has that story. Is it... Is that key? It looks like key. I was like, wow, we were actually very surprised that he actually did come to Kiev, which is great. Orisa Barua is a board member at the House of Ukraine in Balboa Park. She says seeing President Joe Biden walking around the Ukrainian capital with President Zelensky sends an incredible message of hope. It gives hope because it shows uh, solidarity. It shows that, uh, you know, the good should prevail. And I think... Um, Hopefully that's a sign to Russia to stop this, and as soon as possible. This Friday marks the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Last month, the California Energy Commission awarded almost $2 million to the Navy to expand electric vehicle charging options throughout Southern California. Military reporter Andrew Dyer went to Naval Base San Diego to find out more. There are more than 100 charging stations for government vehicles across San Diego Navy bases. Uh, Sure, my uh, government-owned vehicle that I use uh, for official business is a plug-in hybrid, and uh, my staff and I are very excited to use that. Rear Admiral Brad Rosen is the commander of Navy Region Southwest in San Diego. While there are a lot of government charging stations, there are just four locations to charge personally-owned vehicles on base. That's about to change. The California Energy Commission agreed last month to help fund 10 Level 2 chargers and 4 Level 3 chargers on Naval Base San Diego for both personal and government vehicles. So the California Energy Commission and Navy Region Southwest, we signed a uh, memorandum of understanding back in 2021, and it's really the first of its kind across the nation. An executive order signed by President Joe Biden in 2021 directed the entire U.S. government to end purchases of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Coming up, we have some composting tips for you. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet when you're hungry for information and entertainment. 
You go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. When organic waste decomposes in the landfill, it creates methane, a greenhouse gas 84 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Malika Sen with the Solana Center for Environmental Innovation says that in the fight against climate change, Not everyone can afford to put solar on their roof. Not everyone can afford to drive an electric car. You know, so many of the solutions that I think get talked about is expensive. It's not available to the local people, right? Uh, by local people, you know what I mean. I mean, like, you know, the average um, average people. Not sending your organics to the landfill and making sure you don't waste food is something that each of us can do. And now the state is requiring residents and businesses to reduce the amount of organic waste sent to the landfill. Many cities in the county are already collecting it. But the county's largest city, San Diego, just recently began to roll out its program. And here to answer some questions about how it's working is KPBS web producer, Brendan Tucinardi. Brendan, welcome. Hi, Debbie. Happy to be here. So, Brendan, are all San Diegans required to compost now? For the most part, yes. There are a few exemptions. For example, San Diego County is allowing residents that live in sparsely populated areas to apply for waivers, and um, that information can be found on the county's website. Well, I haven't received my green bin yet. For anyone who also hasn't yet, when can we expect them to be delivered? There are a lot of different ways you can approach this question, and it depends on where you live and your housing situation. If you live in the city of San Diego and you're a city curbside customer, meaning that the city is picking up your trash every week, and you haven't received a green bin yet, don't worry. They're going to be delivered over the next few months, and Deputy Director of Environmental Services Ken Prue told me that all residents will have received their bins by the end of July. Now, if you rent in the city of San Diego, when you receive your green bin will depend on your landlord and the private trash hauler that they work with. Um, so if, if you haven't seen a green bin at your condo or your apartment yet, just ask your landlord or your property manager and they'll be able to answer that question. If you live in the unincorporated part of San Diego, again, that'll depend on who picks up your trash. Okay, so let's talk about composting tips, especially for someone who's just starting. So for a lot of people, this is the first time they've even thought about composting. And my advice and what I heard from a lot of the people I spoke to is to start small and make it as convenient as you can. Um, at my house, I keep my kitchen caddy, which is this small kind of organic waste bin that you can keep in your house right by where I usually prep my veggies. That way it's easy for me just to scrape the cutting board right when I'm done. Um, and this also so happens to be near my sink. So it's even more convenient for me to scrape my plate after I'm done eating right before I do my dishes. And Another thing that can kind of be confusing is knowing what can and can't be composted. Um, so one thing I've come up with is um, this little saying, if it came from a living thing, it goes in the green. So that means everything from yard trimmings to tortilla chips, eggshells, and cheese, that can go inside your green bin. 
And that also includes paper. So food spilled paper, like coffee filters and newspaper towels, that also goes in your green bin. And things that can't be composted are glass, plastic. And one thing that you think would be able to be composted but isn't are those plastic products labeled as compostable or biodegradable. Those can't go in the green bin. That's interesting. So when we compost, where does the organic waste go? So if you live in the city of San Diego, your organic waste will go to the Miramar landfill. There, the city operates a composting facility called the Miramar Greenery. Um, And essentially, it's a bunch of pits where they put the organic waste and they let it decompose. And it's kind of this cool thing where any city resident can go pick up a free, free compost with proof of residency. Okay, so this one's a biggie for me. How do we keep our green bins clean? I can imagine they get pretty dirty and maybe stinky after a while. Yeah, this was something I was really interested in myself, and and I think it's a question everybody is going to have. And um, location and layering are key. Malika Sen recommended putting your yard trims at the bottom and then alternating between food and yard waste. This will help prevent your bin from smelling, and you want to keep it in a shady spot. That way it's not in the sun and just getting really stinky. And then on trash day, after your bin has been emptied, remove any remaining food scraps. Uh, you can rinse it out with your hose. And then make sure to pour the water out on your grass or other landscape area. You don't want to pour it on the street because that'll just go to pollute our waterways. And then finally, if you notice your green bin starting to smell, all you have to do is sprinkle a little layer of baking soda on top, and that should get rid of any stinkiness. All great information. Thank you so much, Brendan. And thank you for joining us on the San Diego News Now podcast. And happy composting. Happy composting to you too, Debbie. SDSU's men's basketball team is in first place in the Mountain West Conference, and fans are excited for what's to come. Reporter Jacob Ayers spoke to SDSU students ahead of college basketball's March Madness tournament. The San Diego State men's basketball team is currently 21-5 overall and 12-2 in the Mountain West. With college basketball's biggest games just around the corner, fans like junior Benjamin Fernando are ready to cheer on their team. The students are getting excited. Um, It's getting closer to the end of the season, and you can tell the campus is getting excited and the excitement is being heard. Freshman Sydney Gibson is excited to watch her first game in the student section and for what's ahead. Um, hopefully they make it to March Madness. That was interesting to watch last year, especially because I was like coming here. So that'll be fun. The Aztecs are in sole possession of first place in the Mountain West Conference and have four games left in the regular season before conference playoffs. Then comes college basketball's biggest stage, March Madness. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.